Welcome to the Faith Lift Radio Podcast, where doubt is destroyed and your faith is lifted. Here's today's message from Dr. Glenn. Let's go to Zechariah chapter 1, and we're going to read verse 18, and uh, verse 18 to verse 21, but let's read Psalm 75 first before we read Zechariah chapter 1. Psalm 75 and verse 10, we are told this, Father, thank you as we go to your word, that your word is blessed. Spirit of God, I'm asking that you will think through my mind and that you will speak through my lips. Thank you for these, you wonderful people, that God is to hear, mind to understand, and a heart to receive the word of the living God. Everybody say amen. Psalm 75 and verse 10, all the horns of the wicked also will I cut off, but the horns of the righteous shall be exalted. I want you to notice the word horns. All the horns of the wicked will I cut off, and all the horns of the righteous shall be exalted. You know, the book of Psalms says uh, that God will exalt your horn. Amen. All right. Now, ladies and gentlemen, as a righteous, God wants to exalt your horn. Can you say amen? Now, notice something that he wants to cut off the horn of the wicked. What does the word horn mean? Okay? It's not talking about you got horns at the, at the side of your head. What does the word horn mean in the Bible? Now, you know that in, in the book of Daniel, the Antichrist is called as the little horn. Okay? The Antichrist is called the little horn, Daniel's little horn. Okay, now let's go to the book of Zechariah, chapter 1, and we are going to read from verse 18. Zechariah, chapter 1, and we are going to read from verse 18 onwards. <clears throat> and of course, if you know the book of Zechariah, it is Zechariah giving you a list of the visions that he has had. All right? And uh, he, had, he, had a, he had numerous visions in the night. And then he remembered and then he rewrote, he wrote these visions. Zechariah chapter 1, please. We're going to read verse 18 to verse 21. I lifted up my eyes and looked, and behold, four horns, four horns. And I said to the angel who was talking with me, what are these horns? And he said to me, these are the horns that scattered Judah, Israel, and Jerusalem. I want you to notice that. These are the horns that what? Scattered. I want you to circle the word scattered. Judah, Israel, and Jerusalem. Well, now we know that the horns refers to, uh, the, the horns refer to nations that had troubled and scattered Israel. Now, of course, we know that uh, uh, prior to Daniel, <clears throat> Daniel was taken into the first uh, deportation, all right, of the captivity to from Jerusalem into Babylon. So he was under the administration of Nebuchadnezzar, which is known as the Babylonian uh, kingdom, all right? But then he also um, uh, worked underneath the Medo-Persian uh, administration. Are you listening? The Medo-Persian. So the horns that had scattered Israel, we know that the horns prior to that, I want you to write this down, that were 
that scattered Israel, that troubled Israel, were Egypt underneath the leadership of Pharaoh, all right? Then you had Assyria, all right? And one of the king of, <coughs> of Assyria was Sennacherib. Then, of course, we've got uh, uh, Nebuchadnezzar in Babylon, all right? So I lifted up my eyes and I looked and behold four horns. I said to the angel who was talking with me, what are these four horns? And he said, these are the four horns that scattered Judah, Israel, and Jerusalem. Verse 20, and the Lord showed me four smith. And I said, what are they doing? And he said, now look at this now. These are the horns that scattered Judah so that no one lifts his head. So when, when a horn is operating against the people of God, number one, it will scatter the people of God. Number two, once you're scattered, you are no longer able to lift your head, which means shame becomes the order of the day. But these smith have come to frighten them, and I'm reading from a different version here, to cut off the horns of the nations that lifted up their horns against the land of Judah to scatter the inhabitants thereof. Let me read that to you from the King James Version. I think Miss Mon has got it here, verse 21. All right. <clears throat> and I said, what, uh, uh, let me read that uh, from uh, verse 19. And I said to the angel that talked with me, what be these? And says, these are the four horns which scattered Israel, Judah, Israel, and Jerusalem, and the Lord showed me four carpenters, four carpenters. Then I said, uh, what come these to do? He said, these are the horns which have scattered Judah, so that no man did lift up his head. But these are the carpenters that come to fray them, to cast out the horns of the Gentiles, which lifted up their horn over the land of Judah to scatter it. Notice that. Okay, now, <clears throat> I want you to write a few things down. Number one, write this down, please. Write this down. In fact, before we read that, let's go to the book of First Samuel. The book of First Samuel, please. And uh, you see, this is when uh, um, <clears throat> Hannah was being mocked by um, Penina because she was barren. But let's go to 1 Samuel, when God opened her womb and shut down the mockery of, uh, of Penina. <clears throat> Look what the Bible says here in the book of 1 Samuel, praise God, chapter 2, chapter 2, thank you, Lord, verse 1. And Hannah prayed, this is after she, was, she delivered uh, the baby Samuel. And said, my heart rejoices in the Lord. My horn is exalted in the Lord. I want you please to underline it in your Bible. My horn is exalted in the Lord. By the word horn, write the word status. By the word horn, write the word position. So what is Hannah saying? I was in a lowly position. All right. But God has lifted me up. I was in a situation of being despised, the object of mockery, but God has raised my status. And that will be your portion, amen, uh, <clears throat> as you begin to find out how to stand on God's word, 
that your horn will be exalted. Anybody who has made you the object of mockery, anyone that is despising you right now, the table is about to be turned and God is about to exalt your horn. Can you say amen? Can you say glory be to God forever? Hallelujah. Now, he says, my horn is exalted in the Lord. Come on, lift up your hands and say, my horn is exalted in the Lord. My mouth is enlarged over my enemies. Right? Because I rejoice in your, in your salvation. Now, um, I want you to write this down. This is a great definition of prayer. This is a great definition of prayer. Prayer is enlarging your mouth over the enemy. Prayer is the enlarging of your mouth over the enemy. Very important for you to write this down. He says, the Lord has enlarged my mouth over my enemies. Well, how did she do that? How did the Lord do that? When she began to pray. When she began to pray. You see, God can enlarge your mouth. God cannot enlarge your mouth if you don't open your mouth and pray. So the enlarging of your territories has got to be with the enlarging of your mouth. And that is what prayer is. Prayer is the enlarging of your mouth over the enemy. Because the enemy has got a mouth, like Goliath had a mouth, but David enlarged his mouth over Goliath. Can you say amen? The book of Isaiah also tells us that hell has enlarged her mouth. Hell has enlarged her mouth. Well, glory to God, you need to understand that when you're praying, whatever hell has enlarged her mouth against you, telling you you're not going to make it, you're going to die this time, that this is the end for you. In prayer, glory to God, you enlarge your mouth. <coughs> Amen. Over hell. That means hell cannot swallow you up. Glory be to God. But you will be stronger than hell. Can you say amen? Glory to God. Okay. Now, so let's write a few things down today. We've looked at Psalm 75 verse 10. The horns of the wicked will be cut off and the horns of the righteous will be exalted. So we see literally that Penina's horn was cut off. Are you listening? And Hannah's horn was exalted. Is that correct? Okay. So write this down, please. I want you to write this down. Unless the horns, the power of the wicked are cut off, the horns of the righteous will not be exalted. Unless the horns of the wicked are dismantled cut off, then the horns of the righteous, the status of the righteous, the position of the righteous will not be exalted. Psalm 75 and verse 4 and 5. I said unto the fools, deal not foolishly, and to the wicked, lift not up your horn. Lift not up your horn on high, speak not with a stiff neck. For promotion cometh not from the east, nor from the west, nor from the south. Now, which brings me to this is to, to our title today. You've got to dismantle the horn of the wicked. 
Otherwise, they will scatter you. Otherwise, they will bring shame to your life. Are you listening? Otherwise, they will be stiff-necked and hard-headed against you. Now, I want you to write this down. Unless the horns of the wicked are dismantled, then they will speak with stiff-necked, proudly, boastfully, and arrogantly. Unless the horns of the wicked are dismantled, then they will continue to speak with a stiff-necked, proudly, arrogantly, and boastfully. Very important for you to understand that. <clears throat> now, which brings me to point number three. For a while, it looked like Penina, Penina's horn was exalted above the horn of Hannah. And because she saw that her horn, uh, because she had children and Hannah had none, she began to speak uh, boastfully and mocked Hannah. Which brings me to point number three. When the horns of the wicked are exalted, the horns of the righteous suffers demotion. Okay? When the horns of the wicked, now you got to think about your vicinity, you got to think about your city, you got to think about your nation, you got to think about your life. We all have a sphere of influence. Now, unless the horns of the wicked um, are dismantled, then promotion becomes very hard to be received. But when the horns of the wicked are exalted, then the righteous suffers demotion. Are you listening? <clears throat> this is why when their horns are cut off, then promotion comes. Now, an exalted horn, ladies and gentlemen, an exalted horn is as a result of an enlarged mouth. Say that with me. An exalted horn is as a result of an enlarged mouth. An enlarged mouth is as a result of prayer and supplication. Are you listening? So this is why you must never be upset when people talk about you. I don't know how many times uh, I see people that take things personally or they take things, um, whatever people say, to their heart. No, 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 no. You've got to learn that when people enlarge their mouth against you and over you, you enlarge your mouth in prayer. Can you say amen? You enlarge your mouth in prayer, and the enlarging of your mouth will result in the exalted horn. All right, now... <clears throat> Okay, I want you to write this down. Look at 1 Samuel chapter 2, verse 9. Verse 9. So what are horns? Horns are adversaries 
that are stiff-necked, arrogant, mockery that will scatter you and bring you to a place of shame. But for every horn fashioned against you, there is a carpenter. There is a carpenter. Can you say amen? There is a carpenter. Now, look in your Bible, please. <clears throat> when your horns are exalted, when your horn is exalted, that will result in your adversaries being broken in pieces. Where do we get that? Well, let's go to 1 Samuel chapter 2 and verse 9. 1 Samuel chapter 2 and verse 9. First uh, Samuel 2 and verse 9. I'm going to read from the King James. 1 Samuel chapter 2 and verse 9. Thank you, Lord. Look in your biblicals. He will keep the feet of his saints. The wicked shall be silent in darkness. All right? <coughs> what am I saying here? Yeah. Yeah. And by strength shall no man prevail. Verse 10. The adversaries of the Lord shall be broken in pieces. Out of heaven shall he thunder upon them. The Lord shall judge the ends of the earth, and he shall give strength unto his king and exalt the horn of his anointed. Exalt the horn of his anointed. So I want you to look at verse 9 and verse 10 again. And let's take our time and read that again, please. Look what it says here. He will keep the feet of his saints. Now do me a favor. <clears throat> Say with me, God will keep my feet. All right? That means you will not slip. You will not stumble. You will not fall. All right? The, um, <clears throat> and the wicked shall be silent in darkness. Which means that before that, they were making a lot of noise. Let me tell you right now. Anybody right now making a lot of noise against you, they shall be silent. For by strength shall no man prevail. So if we don't prevail by natural strength, so how do we prevail? We prevail by prayer. We prevail by prayer. How did Jacob prevail? Jacob prevailed by prayer. It's not by might, it's not by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. Verse 10, the adversaries of the Lord shall be broken to pieces. So when your horn is exalted, your enemies, your adversaries, Satan and his demons and his cohorts shall be broken in pieces. Why? Because out of heaven shall he thunder upon them. Now, God will do it from heaven, but you are on the earth. And so when you're praying on the earth, your prayers goes to heaven. And then from heaven, God throws a thunder, which this lines up perfectly with the book of Revelation chapter 8. Let's go to Revelation chapter 8, please. Look in your Bible. Glory to God. Revelation chapter 8. <clears throat> Let's read verse 3. Revelation chapter 8, please. In verse 3. And another angel came and stood at the altar, having a golden censer, and there was given unto him much incense, that he should offer it up with the prayers of the saints. Upon the golden altar which was before the throne. 
and the smoke of the incense, which came with the prayers of the saints, ascended up before God out of the angels' hands. So you can see here that when you're praying, you are on the earth, <clears throat> and then angels take your prayers in the bowl, and they ascend upon the ladder. Well, we know in John chapter 1 and verse 51 that Jesus is the ladder. All right? Jesus is the ladder. So angels are sent upon Jesus. Now, who is Jesus? Jesus is the Word. And they go up to heaven. Now, what was John the Revelator showing you here? Showing you exactly what happens in the tabernacle, in the temple. Are you listening? The, the, the priest will take all the prayers. Now, notice something here. And the smoke of the incense which came up with the prayers of the saints ascended up before God out of the angel's hand. And the angel took the censer and filled it with fire from the altar and cast it down to the earth. And there were voices and thunderings. Voices and what thunder? So that thunder came from heaven, which you just read in the book of Psalms. God thundered out of heaven. <clears throat> For God to thunder out of heaven on your behalf, incense has got to go up. Can you say amen to that? All right? Can you say amen? For God to thunder from heaven and to break in pieces every evil horn, mocking you, scattering you, bringing shame to your life, are you listening? You have to send incense up to God. And that incense comes in the form of your worship, and that incense comes in the form of your prayer. Now, <clears throat> ladies and gentlemen, when prayer goes up, power comes down. Say that with me. When prayer goes up, power comes down. All right? Now, let's keep on reading, please. Let's go back to 1 Samuel 2, verse 10. The adversaries of the Lord shall be broken to pieces out of heaven shall he thunder upon them and the lord shall judge the ends of the earth so when thunder comes down it is the thunder of judgment upon your enemies it is the thunder of judgment upon your enemies those who have mocked you and he shall give strength unto his king and exalt the horn of his anointed now, how many of you understand today that you are anointed? Amen. Come on, lift up your hands and say with me, I am anointed. Let me show you that verse. I want to show you uh, that verse in the New Testament. Let's go to 1 Corinthians. 1 Corinthians, please. Glory to God. Look in your Bible in 1 Corinthians. <clears throat> um, <clears throat> uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 1 and verse 21. 2 Corinthians chapter 1 and verse 21. Look in your Bible, please. God will exalt the horn of his anointed. 2 Corinthians chapter 1 and look at verse 21. If you got it, everybody read verse 21 with me, please. Verse 21. Now he which establishes us with you in Christ and has anointed us is God. Can you see that? God has anointed you. Now, when? Now. So put your hand on your heart and say with me, I am anointed now. Say it again. 
I am anointed now. So now he would establishes us with you in Christ and has anointed us is God. Now, did he say that God will anoint you? Or did he say God has already anointed you? God has already anointed you. So I want you to say today, so when you think of anointing, don't think of Benny Hinn. Don't think of some famous preacher, um, you know, uh, or, your, or a TV preacher. When you hear the word anointed, think of yourself. Think of yourself. And the moment that you see that you're anointed, God will exalt your horn. Can you say amen? Now, write this down. <clears throat> write this down, please. Thank you, Jesus. Write this down. Evil horns will scatter. Evil horns will scatter. They will scatter and bring shame to your life. We just read that in the book of uh, uh, Zechariah. All right, these are the horns that have scattered Judah so that no man could lift up his head. But these carpenters have come to fray them, to frighten them, and to cut off the horns. So I want you to do me a favor. Lift up your hands right now. Lift up your hands with me and say with me, any horn fashioned against me will be frayed today. Any horns that has caused my life to be scattered, my finances to be scattered, my ministry to be scattered, <clears throat> my family to be scattered, tonight, today, in the name of Jesus, by the holy carpenters. Let me ask you a question. Who is the greatest carpenter that you know? Who is the greatest carpenter that you know? What was the natural work of the Lord Jesus. Is not this the carpenter's son? The carpenter's son. Joseph was a carpenter and Jesus was a carpenter. Are you listening? Today I'm acting as a carpenter into your life. Sent forth by God to fray and to dismantle, praise God, every horn that is fashioned against you. Can you say amen? Can you say hallelujah? Glory be to God forever. Now, I want you to write a few things down as well, please. Thank you, Jesus. I want you to write this down. <clears throat> how do you recognize, how do you recognize, see, my job, a pastor's job, not to very carefully here, a pastor's job is to be a carpenter. We are to build things. We don't destroy the lives of people. We build the lives of people. This is why it is unacceptable for a pastor to curse a person. No pastor, are you listening? No godly men and women of God curse their own people. And some of you, how many of you heard pastors that if you leave the church, they start cursing you? You will not make it without me. Well, no, I can make it without you because I can make it with Jesus. Are you listening? Are you listening to me now? If a pastor uh, curse you, that is not a pastor. That's a wizard. If a pastor curse you, that is not a pastor. 
that is a wizard. Are oh, you listening to me now? All right. Now, <clears throat> I want you to write this down. I want you to write this down. Thank you, Lord Jesus. So how do you recognize evil horns that are working against you and against your life? All right. I want you to write this down, please. Evil horns will target your family. Evil horns will target your family to dismantle your family. Evil horns will target the people closest to you and then scatter them. Scatter them. Evil horns will target the prophetic declarations over your life and your prophetic destiny. You need to understand that. Let me say it again. How do you know? How can you recognize when there are evil horns working against you? Number one, evil horns will target your family. It will dismantle your family, which, incidentally, this Sunday and the following Sunday, I am doing a brand new series in English. I've done it in French already. But like I said to you, I'm more uh, at ease with English. And that will be binding the strong man. This Sunday and next Sunday, we're going to be dealing with the strong man. Now, if you do not dismantle evil horns, they will dismantle you. If you do not dismantle evil horns, they will dismantle you. So evil horns target the people closest to you and then scatter them. Evil horns target your prophetic declarations made over your life and your prophetic destiny. This is why you've got to dismantle them. Can you say amen? Now, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. <clears throat> okay, so how do you recognize these horns? Things, number one, they are scattered. Things are scattered. Your children are no longer with you. Now, I don't mean that they have physically moved to a different city, okay? This stuff happens when people get when kids get older, they leave home. That's just part of life. But no, there is a scattering, there's a fraction that you don't you, you no longer get on with each other. Your kids, which used to go to church, no longer want to be in church. They have been scattered. Then <clears throat> it says no one looks up. This means shame and defeat. Shame and defeat. Number three, remember, when they were scattered, they were in Egypt. When they were scattered, they, were, they went to Babylon. When they were scattered, they went into Assyria. So, number three, you recognize that an evil horn is working against you, not only when things have been dismantled to be scattered and break up. Number two, you can't look up because of shame. Number three, you find yourself outside of your inheritance. Judah was taken out of Jerusalem 
into Babylon. Jerusalem means the city of peace. Babylon means confusion. So you find yourself outside of your inheritance. Are you listening now? Can you say amen? <clears throat> By the way, the word Egypt literally means burnt faces. <clears throat> now, the word Egypt is not taken from the original Chemian language, but from the Hebrew name Mizraim, Mizraim, which means confinement, confinement, restraint, and misery. So when you find yourself in Egypt because you have been scattered, and you've been scattered because of an evil horn, you'll find yourself in a place of confinement, in a place of restraint, in a place of misery, in a place of tribulation, in a place of distress, you find yourself in a place called confusion. Are you listening? Now, <clears throat> but God showed Zechariah four carpenters. Four carpenters. Now, who were the four carpenters? The four carpenters that uh, God showed Zechariah were the prophetic voices, right? The prophetic voices, Zerubbabel, the governor, Joshua the high priest, Ezra, and Nehemiah. Ezra was to involve in the rebuilding of the of the church of the temple, and uh, Nehemiah in the rebuilding of the wall. Joshua and Zerubbabel, were you listening? Joshua the high priest, not Joshua who took who succeeded Moses. No, this is a different Joshua. All right. So these are the four carpenters. These are the prophetic voices. These are helpers of destiny. God will send you helpers of destiny. God will send you some people that have a prophetic word in their mouth. You know, the Bible tells you in the book of Hosea, by a prophet, the Lord took Israel out, and by a prophet, he brought them uh, into the promised land and maintained them. You need a prophetic voice in your life. Every church that you go to, that pastor, uh, wherever you find yourself under, has to be a prophetic voice in your life. You hear me? In the mouth of Jesus was a prophetic voice for Peter. Peter, go fishing. And the first fish that you catch, you're going to find a gold coin in his mouth. Then go ahead, take that coin and pay off your debt. Pay your taxes. Are you listening? Can you say amen? Um, the widow, the woman of Zarephath, if it was not for the prophetic mouth of Elijah, she would have died. She would, and her son would have died of starvation. But Elijah said, what you've said is good, but go and first make me a cake. Bake me a cake. If that was in today's uh, society, they would be saying, oh, my God, preacher steal, you know, widow woman's biscuit. You know, no. But she did what the prophet said, and her life was lengthened. Her life was spared because she knew there was a prophetic word in her mouth, in his mouth, uh, in the mouth of Elijah. Then also you remember the woman who had two sons, that the creditors came to take as bondman because she couldn't pay the debt. So she went to Elisha 
And Elisha said to her, what do you have in your house? She said, well, I've got nothing in my house except a pot of oil. So she thought that whatever she had in the house was not good enough. But a prophet of God said, no, what you have in your house is enough. Go take the oil and go borrow the vessels. Go borrow the vessels and then begin to pour in. Begin Get in your house, close the door, pour in, pour in, pour in the oil in the vessels. As long as you keep pouring, the oil will not cease. As long as you keep being a blessing, the oil will not cease. So how was how was the, the woman's and her two boys' destinies changed? They were changed by the prophetic word in the mouth of Elisha. How was Jericho, the barren land that was locked up, right? How was it broken? Well, it was when Elisha said to the man, bring me a new cruise and put salt in there and then throw it into the river, into the waters. And Elisha made this prophetic declaration. From today, there shall be no more death. There shall be no more barrenness. So there was a prophetic mouth in the mouth of the prophet of God. So everywhere you go to church, that man of God must have a prophetic word in his life that will scatter barrenness out of your life, that will scatter death out of your life, that will scatter death out of your life. Amen. Because every true prophet of God must be anointed by the Holy Spirit. Can you say amen? Thank you, Lord Jesus. So, Prophetic destinies will be restored. Pastor Barry made um, the um, <clears throat> great teaching yesterday on the mystery of connectivity. The mystery of connectivity. I want you to write this down. Your, your life is going in the direction of those closest to you imparting into your life. One man of God said it this way, you will suffer the consequences or the benefits of those closest to you. You will suffer the consequences or the rewards of those closest to you. The only reason why Silas was in prison with jail, uh, with Paul, the only reason why Silas was in jail with Paul is because of the argument that Barnabas had with Paul, right, over this young man, Mark, John Mark. And so Barnabas says, let's take John Mark again. And Paul was like, no way, man, he abandoned us. He abandoned us. And the Bible says the dissension was so sharp that Barnabas took Mark and left, and then Silas went with Paul. And the only reason why his back is whipped is because Barnabas should have been there, but it wasn't. It was his because of John Mark. Are you listening now? So you need to understand the mystery, like Pastor Barry has been talking to you, all right, the mystery of connectivity. This is why it's important, ladies and gentlemen. Amen. 
<coughs> Correct. If I'm not proactive in laying hold of my divine destiny, my future will be determined by others. You need to understand that God will send people in your life that will change your life. God sent Moses to Joshua. God sent uh, Naomi to Ruth. And some of you, you need to learn, it's about time you say bye-bye to Opa. Bye-bye to Opa. Because Opa will keep you in Moab. But Naomi will take you into your land to meet your Boaz. You will not meet Boaz in Moab. Let me say it again. You will not meet Boaz in Moab. You can only meet Boaz when you follow Naomi. Where you go, I will go. Your God shall be my God. Your people shall be my people. Are you listening? You cannot meet Boaz as long as you're sticking with Opa. Are you hearing me, saints? Are you hearing me, saints? This is why you've got to go back and listen to that prophetic word that Pastor Barry gave yesterday. <clears throat> you've got to go back there and listen to that mystery of uh, connectivity. Now, let me close with this. So these four guys that, are the horn, uh, that broke the horns were Zerubbabel, Joshua, Ezra, Nehemiah. I want you please to write this down, please. I want you to write this down. Zerubbabel, I'm going to close with this. Zerubbabel was the governor, so he had a kingly anointing. You need to have a king. You've been made a king and a priest, so you've got to walk in the kingly anointing. That means you need to understand authority. You need to understand power. Okay? Joshua was the high priest. High priest offers up incense. So not only must you have a kingly anointing, but you, have a, you must also have the priestly anointing. You must be accustomed to offering much incense to God. Kingly anointing and priestly anointing. All right? Ezra restored uh, the temple by restoring the scriptures, restoring the scriptures. So you need the kingly anointing. You need the prayer, the priestly anointing, which is the prayers. Number three, you need to be, have the scriptures restored in your life. Amen. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Correct. And number four, Nehemiah, is the rebuilding of the wall. Now, who do you need now? I've said to you, you need the kingly anointing, which you have, but you have to Exercise your authority and your dominion. Number two, Joshua the high priest offering incense to God. Number three, Ezra. There must be the. We must go back to the scriptures. The church in America, the church in the West, needs to go back to the scriptures. The scriptures must be restored as the first and final foundation in our lives. And then Nehemiah. What does Nehemiah means? Nehemiah, who rebuilt the wall, his name means Jehovah Comfort. Well, who is the Comforter? The Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost. So here are the four things, the four carpenters that you need in your life to restore your life and to dismantle the evil horns. You need, all right, the Word of God. You need the Holy Ghost. 
Amen. You need to understand your authority and your power, and you need to understand that you are a priest and you have to give much incense to God. Can you say amen? Thanks for listening to this episode of the Faith Lift Radio podcast. For more information about Dr. Glenn and how to offer your financial support, log on to glennarecchion.org.